Welcome to Business Buzz with your host, Frank Hellring. Do you own a small business or does that small business own you? Are you seeking increased sales, more loyal customers, lower operation costs, and brand loyalty? If you're interested in elevating your brand and expanding your reach, then Business Buzz will put it all together for you with expert guests, resources that make sense, and your opportunity to be heard. Get ready to call in with your questions and comments at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Business Buzz is out to put the buzz back into your business. Here's your host, Frank Hellring. Hey, can you hear the buzz? Welcome, wherever you may be. You have found Business Buzz. I'm your host, Frank Hellring. We're coming to you live, primetime on the Voice America Business Network channel. And Business Buzz is brought to you today by Moda Business Solutions because they have resources that make sense. Well, you know, Moda has been on my show as an advertiser and sponsor for almost two years now. And let me tell you something. If you need a product or a service that's going to give you resource or possible some expertise that you're lacking or just, you know, simply a way to reduce your operational costs, you need to pick up the phone right now and dial 858-251-4640. That's 858-251-4640 and get with Moda today because I assure you they can blacken your bottom line. To contact Business Buzz, you could call us toll-free at 877-3-NOWBUZ or go to my live landing page, which is bizbuzz, B-I-Z-Z-B-U-Z, dot live and send me an email and we'll talk about you being a guest on the show. Well, shout out to one of my national advertisers, Letip, L-E-T-I-P dot com. Listen, if you're searching for an organization of B2B, there really is no one better. In my opinion, I served as a president of Mission Viejo for about two years running, and that was the second largest chapter at that particular time. We had over 100 members. We affectionately called it the mob. But I'll tell you what, right now, if you want to get in the midst of an organization that only gives you one chair, per market sector, so you don't have like three guys cutting your lawn, four people who want to sell a house, a guy that wants to come out to your electrician, and then all of a sudden he's got a handyman backing that up. No, you have a one-chair type of organization, and everybody in that room, once you become a member, is billboarding your business. So you need to get with letip.com today and find out how you can get involved with the chapter real soon. Well, I'll tell you what. We have completed the show taping of the show that we took apart, the Inflation Reduction Act. And if you notice, the numbers have changed. Uh, Supposedly it was zero in July. It's now 8.3% inflation in reporting, just reported for the month of August. So we're going to be showing that, or excuse me, taping that. We're actually (laughs) running that show. uh, Last part of October, right before the midterms. And let me tell you something, you don't want to miss that show because we looked at it totally from a small business application, and believe me, there's a lot of things in there that have got you right in the crosshairs. Well, also, if you noticed, we now have a brand new co-host, Julie Muse. We are in the process of putting together a business buzz, women's hosted, yeah, women's hosted, women's powered, women's focused show, and we're going to be interviewing women all across the country in small business. So you need to stay tuned with us because that's going to be an absolutely amazing show. Well, as you all know, I have a background in nonprofit. I've had many, many nonprofits on this show. And I really, really love the nonprofit realm because let me tell you something, when it comes to push to shove and there's needs in the community, nonprofits step up and they're counted. 
I'm joined today by Gary Reeves. Gary Reeves has served 25 years as a social impact business advisor to some of today's most celebrated cultural influences from sports, TV, film, and the philanthropic world. In addition, he's an Emmy award-winning television and film producer and business partner with Hollywood actor, author, and philanthropist, Blair Underwood. Wow, I'll tell you, that's a real short bio, Gary, but welcome to Business Buzz. (laughs) Thank you. I actually pulled that from your site. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gary, was- Gary, you've been out there for a number of years, but I guarantee you my audience would like to know where you hail from. Where were you born? How were you raised? What did your parents do? Um, I'm from Northern California, Berkeley area. Um, my dad was a uh, pharmacist. My mom was a stay-at-home mom um, and uh, heavily influenced by women, basically. My grandmother, great-grandmother, and my mom were gave me my soft skills to be a service oriented person. And uh, my dad uh, made sure I dealt with the truth around it all and everything manifests. So your dad used the seat of authority? Yeah, used the (laughs) seat of logic. Oh, seat of logic. Okay, I get it. I get it. Well, let me ask you a question. When did it come upon you to get this vision for what you're doing today? Did that happen in your high school years? Did it happen when you got to college? Where did that basically present itself? Where all of a sudden Gary said, you know what? It ain't getting done out there. I need to do something. Um, I would say high school. Uh, early years in high school. I was an athlete my whole life and uh, just kind of connected. Well, I was a curious kid, I should say. So one curious around, you know, world leadership, religion, um, you know, the connective tissue of people and uh, and then being an athlete kind of was able to frame that just on, you know, being a basketball player and baseball player. I was a bowler for an individual sport, but basketball became my, you know, my my primary sport for high school and college and um, just learned to, you know, everyone has a role, everyone and everyone has a purpose and everyone counts no matter, you know, where your skill set is. So. Um, I was able to adopt that early. And then, you know, from a spiritual standpoint um, and curiosity around leadership, you know, the connective tissue was be kind, be loving and, you know, uh, forgive people without judgment. And that was biblical and practical to me. And so I, I was able to practice that, you know, from probably a soft, my sophomore year in high school all the way. Until you know, now. now that you bring that up, I don't know whether you ever heard of a guy by the name of Marvin Alasky, but he wrote a book called Tragedy of American Compassion. And what he did is he compared, you know, the government basically to nonprofits and churches and religious organizations and an advent of the, you know, tax-free status, right. That was awarded. Mm-hmm. And what he found was, which was amazing is when it's all is said and done by the time he got down to widows and orphans, the government was giving two cents to that and the charities and the churches were given two cents to that. Right. Wow. That was absolute revelation to me. It was almost like my second Bible when I was out there in the nonprofit realm And the other thing that he said that was really amazing, he said, you know, when Jesus used the word compassion, he didn't mean Mm namby-pamby. The context of it was he was on a rearing steed with the steed with the hooves up in the air like this with fire coming out of the nostrils, you know, of of that horse. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, compassion is that, is it not? Yeah, I mean, you have to... uh, you just have to be passionate about and have to be sincere. I think sincere and passionate, which kind of run hand in hand um, because you won't get discouraged, right? If you have the passion and 
there's a lot of, I don't want to say naysayers, but it's just people on the sidelines that, you know, I think have caring and service in their heart, don't know where to start. They look at it as being a risk. They look at it as, you know, they're de depleting something that they have inside of them. And so there's a lot of, I think, internal challenges. Um, I just have always been bold around it. Um, and I think that was my gift, really. I mean, just as an athlete, too, you know, being a point guard, smaller than most point guards, never looked at walking in the gym and felt I was at a disadvantage. And, you know, and same thing in life, you know, I think for me, it's no strangers in life. For me, it's, it's kind of like everyone carries a part of me. And I either choose to, to find out more about me or I don't. So I don't look at it as I'm walking into something. I, I understand know. that, Gary. You know, what's interesting is I looked at your website and I noticed that you got a uh, director, right? That works with you yeah. yes. uh, in there. And the other thing I noticed was that, my goodness, you're in a relationship with Magic Johnson and yeah. also the late Muhammad Ali. Amazing. How did they cross your paths? Um, it's, I, I don't really, I don't speak too much about my relationship with everybody. I, I'm, I'm always very kind of sensitive around celebrity, you know, because of that, I'm not intoxicated with celebrity. I've known Urban, our family's known Urban since he was in high school. So it was prior to Urban becoming, you know, Magic Johnson. Um, and when he first came into LA, um, I had a prior relationship with him when he was in high school, he's older than I am. And then I used to stay with him every summer uh, for during the camp week when he used to have camps and um, just kind of used to be the, you know, the little birdie on his shoulder, you know, he came from Lansing, Michigan. And um, so you're talking about someone coming from Lansing into L dropping into Los Angeles. Right. And he was the biggest thing that dropped into LA. And, you know, it's hard to kind of manage all of that, you know, as a 19 year old kid coming from Lansing, Michigan. So I think I was a little more advanced about what the pitfalls could be. Um, and so I just tried to be a reminder to him, but he was really like a brother and, to me, um, growing up and big inspiration being in his sphere. Uh, so I got to see a lot of things, um, that advanced my, you know, viewpoints on celebrity and, uh, but, and, and values. Right. And, um, and, uh, and so I, I, I probably would say I owe a lot to him from the standpoint of exposure, um, and really putting celebrity, into context and not getting intoxicated with celebrity realizing there's a, a human side that really is the foundation just like anybody else it's just that they've been celebrated differently mm -hmm. well i think celebrities um, have their place for sure i mean i had lisa gibbons on my show about six weeks ago you know mm -hmm. and she has a foundation for caregivers for alzheimer's because her mother suffered for alzheimer's for like about 10 years mm -hmm. and then she passed away and now she basically is dedicated the rest of her life i think to helping, you know, caregivers, which is, there's a multitude of those out there, especially with Alzheimer's, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think for the most part, you know, that these stars, actors and actresses, you know, when they get to a certain stage in life, mm -hmm. they begin to take a look at things from a legacy standpoint, right? They right. want to live beyond the grave, just like about like the queen over here in England, right. uh, which I'm sure she will, what an incredible lady and, and uh, our deepest sympathies to the nation of England, the loss of your queen, she was a great lady. But the bottom line here is that I really think that nonprofits need to take advantage of just about every avenue they can get their hands on right now because they really got slammed during this pandemic. Would you agree with that, Gary? Yeah, I mean, a lot of, unfortunately, we did a lot of work during the pandemic helping nonprofits kind of shift um, 
their mission to address the needs at that time, which were, you know, distribution of medical masks and testing. Um, really, they were the trust agents. But unfortunately, what people didn't realize during that time was there are a lot of third parties coming into their territory, providing services because there was a big pivot, right? So we try to advocate, say, you know, keep this, keep the trust agent in the community active because they can't realize their grants. A lot of facilities were closed. People didn't realize they couldn't populate. If you don't populate, you can't activate your grant. So we tried to say, hey, listen, if there's medical supplies that need to be distributed, there's testing that needs to be done, any other type of services that need to be done that's related to the pandemic, let those nonprofits do it so they can still realize their grants um, and have a purpose instead of having third parties that really don't know the landscape, the needs, the, the personalities that they're trying to engage. That's where in certain cases, there wasn't a lot of engagement because the trust agents weren't those that they were familiar with. And so we tried to be kind of an ambassador to those nonprofits that were kind of being pushed aside as third parties were coming in to do the services to the constituents that they normally serve. My goodness, you know, we had a term for that when I was in ex equities. We called that exploitation. You you just described, uh, you know, nonprofits that have been in the trenches out there for God knows how many years, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden somebody comes out of the blue and exploits their territory. Is that what I heard you just, just say? Right. Yes. Ouch. <laughs> and and I, don't, I don't want to say it was intentional, <clears throat> any kind of ill will, but it was just at the end of the day, that's what it was. And, and I don't think people really realized that people were moving kind of in a space of urgency, right? Desperation, fear. So a lot of times there's not a lot of logical thinking that goes into that process. Um, and people just activate, right? So we yeah. just tried to like say, hey, listen, slow down. Let's look at the bigger picture. Let's look at who's being impacted. And let's, you know, adjust kind of how we still be efficient, still get the needs and services done. Now, you started a foundation known as Give to Change Foundation, right? Yes. Okay. What was your vision for bringing that up? Um, well, it was really for Blair Underwood at the time. Um, Blair was being solicited so many different ways for money, for appearances, all kind of other kind of advocacy, you know, type work. And um, I thought, you know, let's 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 form give the change as a, as an advocacy nonprofit to help other nonprofits have a voice. Now that's an interesting tact because that that's got to be the first time I've heard that as far as an agency or a nonprofit actually coming alongside of another nonprofit out there who's maybe been there for many, many years, but doesn't have the notoriety that you can bring to the table. And is that what I'm hearing you say? I mean, that you're actually yes. bringing voices, yes. faces that can really put some branding on these nonprofits. Yes. That's exciting. Now, Blair is still with you? Yes. Okay. 25, 27 years. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's going anywhere for sure. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. You know, before we got on the air, you told me that, you know, and it's, I think in a lot of ways, an overused term sometimes today, the word pivot, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. But yet you yeah. have been helping nonprofits pivot. Okay. What would you say is the most uh, grandiose pivot that you've experienced in the nonprofit realm? Um, I think education, um, big picture learning is one of, uh, sit on the board. Um, it's a 
alternative education platform, educational platform that gives kids that are underperforming um, a, uh, a voice in how they want to be taught, how they want to engage and what they're, what they're going to be learning. Um, and so I would say that's the biggest, uh, I, I would say, contribution or something that I'm most prideful around outside of um, Blair has a HIV AIDS medical center in Washington, D.C. that's been there for 15 years. People probably don't know. Wow. Um, free, Medi free Medicare for HIV AIDS patients. Um, and I had seven up uh, with Irvin um, when he contracted HIV. It started with him, actually, hmm. um, where, you know, people need services. I mean, him speaking on the matter is great. It's inspirational. But these people have a medical challenge in front of them that that's living in their body and how do we address that and so um i had the you know kind of came forward with saying we need to build medical centers yep i gotta take a quick break here gary and i want to drill down into your incredible foundation that you created when we come back from the break we're going to take a quick break here you're listening to business buzz with frank howarding live on voice of america business network brought to you now by californiaseniorguide.com that is the senior magazine in the state of california and now they're going to be going digital and taking this across the country. So you need to get with CaliforniaSeniorGuide.com today. Go to that website. You'll get a pop-up box. Leave your email. They will get in contact with you about getting a quarter-page ad, an eighth-page ad, a half-page ad, or a full-page ad like I've got one and Voice America has one. And let me tell you something. If you have a product or a service, you want to get in one of the biggest buying populations in the United States, which happens to be seniors to the tune of about $3.5 trillion, you need to get with California Senior guide.com today. Well, I've been mixing it up with Gary Reeves. What an amazing difference maker he is. And we're going to be right back in 2-2 after you have a chance to listen to my advertisers with more buzz for your business. Moda Business Solutions is your one-stop shop with a focus on time and cost savings. We let you, the business owner, focus on running your businesses instead of searching for quality products and services. Cash is king, and we strive to put more cash into your pocket. Moda Business Solutions provides top-of-the-line products and services, connecting you with trending companies. Are you ready to grow your business? Call Moda Business Solutions at 858-251-4640 or visit us online at modabusinesssolutions.com. At LaTip, in everything we do, we believe in the importance of small business success. And we believe in helping small businesses reach their growth goals. The way we help small businesses is by building relationships, training on how to expand those relationships into closable leads, and providing technology to efficiently interact within those relationships. We just happen to run business networking meetings. Want to come to one? This is the power of LaTip. Visit LaTip.com for more information. That's L-E-T-I-P dot com. We're always looking for guests, resources, and business promotion. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Do you have a resource that can help small businesses increase sales, lower costs, and amplify brand loyalty? Do you have a business that needs to elevate your brand and expand your reach? If any of these sound like a fit for you, you need to partner with us. Call us at 877-3-NOW-BUZZ. That's 877-366-9289. And discover how Business Buzz and Business Watch can take your message and company further. Again, give us a call at 877-3-NOW-BUZZ. 877-366-9289. 
Business Watch is your outreach to feel the pulse and increase the buzz in your business community. Invite Frank to be a speaker at your next event. We can create a live promotional video with you at your next event to brand your brand. Visit businessbuzz.com. Having Frank come speak at your event can motivate your team and your customers, which means he can also motivate the growth of your business. It's time to take it to the next level. Visit businessbuzz.com and watch things grow. You're listening to Business Buzz with your host, Frank Hellring. To reach the live show, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send Frank an email at info at businessbuzz.com. That's info at B-I-Z-Z-N-E-S-S buzz.com. Now, back to Business Buzz. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Frank Kellering, live on Business Buzz. I've been mixing it up with Gary Reeves, who's an absolutely amazing difference maker, especially in the nonprofit realm. Gary, we were talking a little bit about nonprofits and some of the challenges that they went through during the pandemic, you know, and the resources they are to the community. And of course, you keep using the word trust. And I've been saying on this particular program, really almost since the inception, is that we've really lost that word uh, to a great degree, uh, largely due to the pandemic, you know, and then beyond that, you know, that loss of trust is birthed a baby called uncertainty. So you can imagine having an uncertain set of circumstances facing your small business every day. But how right. about a charity out there, right? That's dependent upon givers, you know, or corporate giving or something along those lines. And now all of a sudden they are faced with real challenges and the fact that people just aren't real certain about what they want to give, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, again, you know, as you, as you reiterated trust, it's, uh, which is key, right? And also to be nonprofits being authentic and transparent with their service needs, how earmarks that are given, how they're being used, um, and really just putting that on a canvas. I mean, transparency is key in, 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 in this space, I think. Um, and then the other side of it, like I was sharing, how nonprofits can create a business within their nonprofit to sustain themselves, right? So it's more of a social impact model. Um, and I think that's really going to be a shift um, and something that needs to be looked at moving forward is that, you know, how do you build a business to sustain your service? Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit, because, you know, that's happened in chambers of commerce across the United States. You know, most chambers of commerce are 501c6 organizations, you know, which are nonprofits. But at the same point in time, now they are forming for-profit corporations right. yeah. uh, to help augment, you know, what they're losing out the back door, right, with, uh, right. you know, the attrition that they're experiencing. So are you saying that nonprofits are becoming more, more amenable, right? to going to an infrastructure where they are actually turning profits to be able to help fund, you know, their, their resource needs. Um, I think they're looking at it. There's not, not every nonprofit has the staff that's sophisticated enough to create an enterprising proposition to sustain their service, but it's definitely a need moving forward, you know, speaking to what you were just saying, one, the concern that people are having the resistance kind of a, more conservative giving that's going on now because of all of the different, you know, challenges that we've had as a, as a society and as a nation, really. Um, and things are being looked at closer, right? So 
I think the transparency part is really key um, in your fundraise in your traditional fundraising model. But in reference to sustainability moving forward, you need to look at what business practices can they instill uh, to 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 offset the uh, the shortfall of contributions that may come in in the future. Okay. Your currently relationship with about 60 nonprofits, correct? 10 really up close and personal, yes. as you mentioned to me, but 50 at, you know, at large. Yeah. Uh, how many of those nonprofits are what you would turn to be largely donor contribution based? Um, not many. Most of them are service providers, actually. Um, I have like AIDS Healthcare Foundation um, is a large nonprofit. They're a huge service provider because of Medicare, um, but they also uh, make large contributions to those that are aligned with their mission. Um, but most of the ones that we work with are grassroots nonprofits that are service providers where their work needs to be amplified. People need to recognize their work. And then hopefully through that, they get large, a larger donor base um, to expand their services and, you know, and sustain their body of work, really. You know, I've been saying for a lot of years that, you know, America needs to take responsibility for America, right? Community right. needs to take responsibility for community. Mm -hmm. I think nonprofits that are, you know, worthy, you know, as you've said, you know, been in the trenches for many, many years and have built that trustful relationship with the community, with the four elements of the community, which is government, chief, you know, uh, CBOs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have the churches, right? Right. And then you have basically the charities out there. Yeah. But that's that's the four prong, you know, holder of the net, you know, the safety net for the community. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking myself, you know, why is it OK that the nonprofit realm, being that they are so service oriented, being they're so difference oriented like you are, OK, are not getting bigger, deeper penetration into that individual giving realm? Um, unfortunately, it's probably relationship based, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the other issue, smaller nonprofits, they, you know, they're kind of caught between do I hire a qualified grant writer for 50 or 60 grand on a maybe, or do I keep that 50 or 60 grand for services? That's a very, you know, delicate space and decision-making process that they have to go through. And most of them, for the most part, are going to say, I need that $50,000 for services. So they never get to the table for the larger grants. So that's another area that we address where we try to, you know, take the layers out of the larger donors and the smaller nonprofits and say, listen, they don't have the bandwidth really to hire a qualified grant writer, mm -hmm. deploy that capital on a mate. Right. So so we try to bridge these larger donors that we have access to to the smaller service providers. Let me ask you a question, Gary. Would you agree that the grant writing aspect of nonprofits is basically almost like Lake Mead in Nevada starting to dry up? Well, yeah, I personally, I understand that there's there needs to be a narrative written, you know, to to engage a donor. I think. Um, I, I just don't have the patience for that process. It's kind of because you miss the emotional side of the service provider. You miss the emotional impact that an organization may make on their, you know, the, the constituency that they serve. So how the whole donor space is being judged 
or how the donors evaluate whether an organization is worthy. I think it's a little backwards in reference to what's needed today because everything I think is emotional driver and you miss the emotion, right? So if you just look at what you see on paper, you're missing to me the mission. You know, Gary, what's interesting is if you take a look at one of the biggest nonprofits out there, the Presbyterian Ministers Fund, mm-hmm. and you go back to the 1700s when they bought like $200 policies, $500 policies on their on their ministers, right? Mm-hmm. And when the guy left this world, that fund, you know, basically was funded by that life insurance settlement, right? Right. And today they are like multi, 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 one of the biggest out there, right? all basically because of that redirect that happened between basically insuring their assets, all right? Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that a way possibly in the future of indemnifying a nonprofit by looking at it from that stance with their relationships, which you just alluded to about 10 minutes ago? Um, I think that's a delicate area. You know, I, I think you go from, from that standpoint, I think individuals, you know, however they want to allocate, you know, what's left behind to what's important to them. I think that can take many shapes. Um, uh, and if it's a life insurance policy or whatever it may be, um, it's fine. I think that goes back into the whole purpose of the wheel, really. But um, uh, overall, I think um, we just need to be smarter. Right. I mean, we just need to be smart in reference to how we serve. We need to be transparent in how we give. Um, and we need to be more of a collective body in collaborating and not reinventing the same thing that's already existed. That's kind of my work with the celebrities is like you have the wealth. I know you can go buy a school, you can go buy a building, but you know, there's buildings that already exist. There's a population that just needs your influence, your voice. And then you insert what's important to you inside that population. You know, I don't know whether you remember T. Boone Pickens. Does that ring a bell? Yes. He was a corporator, right? And he graduated from Oklahoma State University. And then when he found out that the football program was in shambles, he turned around and went to the Alumni Association of that university, and he sought out 25 pretty high-end guys uh, who could qualify for a $10 million life insurance purchase, right? And what they did is they premium financed that, which gave a great tax advantage to the guys. And then when they got past the two-year incontestability period of the policy, they turned around and they sold it off, right, Right. on the open market, raised the capital. And if you take a look at that football program today, you've got an incredible stadium, uniforms that are like "Mm, NCAA plus, you know. I mean, everything turned around for that university just by simply using leverage, okay, of another type of a product. Is this something you think, especially with your – argument about nonprofits going for profit, okay, Uh, if you get the right donor in the right space that maybe has that type of connection, uh, do you think that they have to explore those type of avenues? Um, I mean, I think it's an alternative, right? Um, You know, I'm in Northern California, which is the wealthiest, I always say it's the wealthiest region of philanthropy in the world. Yeah, well, do me a favor and send us some water, would you? Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, so it's more about People, I mean, and so to speak to what you were just saying, there's a, we're a very smart culture, right? We just have to care more. I, I just always say we just have to care more. I mean, the, the solutions are there. They don't have to be complicated. 
Um, there's a lot of alternatives like you're speaking to. Um, in this region, you know, there's a lot of talk, like I always tell people in Northern California, people don't really talk about their wealth. They talk about how much money they're going to give. Like, it's not sexy to say I'm wealthy, right? It's, it's, it's more, what are you doing, right, with your money to help people, which it's refreshing to me. Um, but um, at the end of the day, we just have to care more. You know, it's interesting. That word care is overused, isn't it, Gary? To some yeah. degree, you know, I mean, people, you know, don't really understand, you know, um, share until they figure out how much you care, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's your actions, right? I mean, like, like you're saying, the buzzwords of pivoting and caring and I love you, you know, it's, it's all cute, but the action speaks louder than all of those words, but those are descriptives, right? Well, you know, it's interesting, but if you take a look at the history of small business in this country, okay, they are largely philanthropically motivated because philanthropic actions for business done in the right stream, in the right vein, are very, very, you know, good news, you know, for a business because it really gets out to the community that, hey, I'm a good guy, you know, I'm helping, you know, your local community. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that possibly there needs to be much more of an initiative to go after small businesses, okay, uh, and get them involved in nonprofits? Because, you know, I think that that's probably a very largely underserved, you know, focus. Um, if you look at it, or if you can explain it in a way that that's their customer base for sure, right? So there's a to me a responsibility because that's your customer base. If you're a small any business, I mean, for example, you know Blair going back to Blair, not really promoting Blair, but just as a good example, um, George Zimmer, the founder of Men's Warehouse, is a, a dear friend of ours and mine, and um, you know one out of one out of every four suits are, is purchased at a Men's Warehouse. Okay, so you don't need a lot of business or new business per se. Blair Underwood uh, represented, a, to me, a new customer base, very tied into churches, very tied into, um, I think, uh, shoppers that didn't shop at men's warehouse. All that to be said, um, which the BU brand was a small business. Um, and, and we used to banter back and forth with George Zimmer just about things we want to do philanthropically. We not only, be, you know, not only did Blair's brand become the top brand inside of Men's Warehouse to growing to 32 SKUs, we're more powerful that we gave away 10,000 suits for free. And we were always challenged, how can you give away 10,000 suits and still be profitable? You just have to, you know, spend some time, figure it out. But in doing that, we, we, we gave to his customer base that that's his responsibility. He wouldn't have a business without the customer base, right? So, you know, we were able to give 10,000 suits away for free. I'm so glad you said that. And I've got to move to another quick break here, but I want to come back and I want to talk about uh, small business customer base because you really hit on a point that's really near and dear to my heart, Gary, mm -hmm. because I call that the hidden treasure chest inside of a small business being largely overlooked. We're going to take a quick break here. You're listening to Business Buzz with Frank Howering live on Voice America Business Network, brought to you now by Business Group Resources. Let me tell you something, small business. You got 86,000 IRC agents aimed at you. 
of this Inflation Reduction Act. And let me tell you something, you need to wake up and get with business group resources, because if you are qualifying business, you can get up to the last three years of taxes back in your pocket under the R&D tax credit, absolutely coming back from the IRC because they cannot hold it if they're not entitled to it, and 6% compounded tax-free interest. Right now, Ken DeBose out in Irvine, California, is getting small businesses on an average of a million dollars a week coming back from the IRS. So you need to get with Business Group Resources at 877-857-6875. That's 877-857-6875. Get with BGR today and find out what you're entitled to. Well, I have been having an incredible conversation with Gary Rees. What an amazing difference maker he is in the nonprofit realm and other avenues. And we're going to be right back with more buzz for your business. Moda Business Solutions is your one-stop shop with a focus on time and cost savings. We let you, the business owner, focus on running your businesses instead of searching for quality products and services. Cash is king, and we strive to put more cash into your pocket. Moda Business Solutions provides top-of-the-line products and services, connecting you with trending companies. Are you ready to grow your business? Call Moda Business Solutions at 858-251-4640 or visit us online at modabusinesssolutions.com. At LaTip, in everything we do, we believe in the importance of small business success. And we believe in helping small businesses reach their growth goals. The way we help small businesses is by building relationships, training on how to expand those relationships into closable leads, and providing technology to efficiently interact within those relationships. We just happen to run business networking meetings. Want to come to one? This is the power of LaTip. Visit LaTip.com for more information. That's L-E-T-I-P dot com. We're always looking for guests, resources, and business promotion. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Do you have a resource that can help small businesses increase sales, lower costs, and amplify brand loyalty? Do you have a business that needs to elevate your brand and expand your reach? If any of these sound like a fit for you, you need to partner with us. Call us at 877-3-NOW-BUZZ. That's 877-366-9289. And discover how Business Buzz and Business Watch can take your message and company further. Again, give us a call at 877-3-NOW-BUZZ. 877-366-9289. Business Watch is your outreach to feel the pulse and increase the buzz in your business community. Invite Frank to be a speaker at your next event. We can create a live promotional video with you at your next event to brand your brand. Visit businessbuzz.com. Having Frank come speak at your event can motivate your team and your customers, which means he can also motivate the growth of your business. It's time to take it to the next level. Visit businessbuzz.com and watch things grow. PPP, COVID-19, SBA, is there a way? It's time for Business Watch, where your voice matters. Call into the show at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or drop us an email at info at 
That's info at B-I-Z-Z-N-E-S-S buzz.com. We know you've got something to say. Now, here's Frank Hellring, Business Watch, where your voice matters. Hey, we're back. Frank Hellring, live host on Voice America, now in Business Watch. This is a segment of the show where we open up the phone lines in Phoenix that allow you, my listening audience, to call in live and mix it up with me or my fabulous guest today, Gary Reeves. So pick up the phone right now and dial 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. And you can be on live with Gary Reeves right now. Well, Gary, I'll tell you what, you know, you are an absolute masterful man over the years that you have served in the capacity that you've served in. Let me ask you a question. How does Give TV fit into everything that you're doing? Give TV is just the amplifier. Um, again, it was a way for uh, Blair uh, and Jenna Bush was the co-host, but it was just a way for us to go and amplify the work of small nonprofits and other service providers, really. I mean, that's the core purpose of the whole show. So you're not really having an expansive network. You just basically boxed it to that. Or, I mean, is that something that you're looking to expand in the future or what? Um, you have other shows that are covering other categories. So we have a, you know, we have a music show um, that's being developed to to bring more support back to public schools, arts and music programs um, with another, you know, other high profile celebrities involved in that show. Um, we have one uh, called Soul of the Street, celebrating artists that are, you know, artists on the street from painters to musicians. Um, we have, you know, so we look at what's the sectors that are not totally being embraced because people don't know enough. You know, like I'm very sensitive around homelessness because there's a lot of stories where people don't understand just that whole culture, right? Meaning there's people that congregate and live in those cultures because they don't see a difference. Mm. Everyone around them is like them, right? As soon as they step out of that space, they need a shower. They need all the things that we see they need but it's amplified when they step outside of that comfort zone. So they stay in the comfort zone if they don't have the resources to really transform their lives to fit into the new norm, which would be say how we see life or how we live life. Um, so um, we created the show so people can hear those voices is that you know there's a lot of voices and stories and emotions. They don't want to be there, but their comfort zone is there. I don't think anybody really looks at that. If you just look at people that have failed in life and for whatever reason, they can't get, you know, the bootstraps back or whatever. And it's not the case. You know, what's interesting, Gary, is that uh, you're talking to something near and dear to my heart as far as homeless, but in a specific category where I'm concerned, I'm very concerned about 1.7 million veterans who picked up a weapon, went to war, defended this country and bled and possibly maybe came back maimed okay and they are on the streets of america homeless correct Uh, gary we got to do something about that yeah blair blair's a veteran his dad was a colonel uh, or is a was a colonel so we do a lot around veterans and getting trying to give them a voice um but to your point you know these are people that went out and were on the front line for us and then they come back out of that service and we look at them almost like passe like you know not understand like teachers to me same thing you know we need to find solutions for teachers they they shape the minds of our children 
And at the same time, there's not enough pay. Um, you know, there should be vouchers for them on all like three categories, you know, housing, food vouchers, transportation vouchers for teachers, right? Um, it's transparent, you know, the district they work in, you know, the population that they're serving as teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so again, we have a lot of smart people in government. Um, I don't want to point the finger at government. We have a lot of smart people. So I always just say, again, an overused word, we have to care enough, right? There's people say, I care, but what's your actions to the fact that you say you care? What, what are you doing based on what your gift is? You know, we all have a gift to contribute. It's not always money, you know, it's human capital. Um, it's the ability to organize and mobilize. So, um, you know, we just have to do better, you know? And so like what you're doing with this show, what you're doing, you know, in your day to day, what I'm doing in my day to day, all we can do is be contributors and hopefully we inspire other people to say, you know, I can do more. I should be doing more. I should, you know, lend my human capital to, uh, to making the world a better place really. Well, I can tell you, I'd love to collaborate with you on that because I'll tell you what, I don't see any initiative out there, you know, getting mm-hmm. veterans off the street. I don't, do you? No, I mean, like I said, I'm, we're just trying to do what we can do right around it. Um, you know, amplifying a voice around it. I mean, like I'm, I'm just as you know, sensitive to veterans as I am teachers. I mean, teachers is like, it's ridiculous, right? That teachers are trying to find a way to sustain themselves when they're shaping the minds of, you know, our children. Yep. I agree with you hundred percent. Listen, we got a live call in. We've got uh, Patrick Lang, who's the CEO of Certainty Management and a live talk show host on Voice America. Hey, Patrick, how you doing, buddy? How are you doing, Frank? I'm doing great. Meet Gary Reeves. Hello, Gary. I'm enjoying uh, listening to your comments today. Thank you. Patrick has a company, Gary, that really serves nonprofits. Go ahead, Patrick. Tell them all about it. Yeah, I I wanted to call in. I asked Frank if if he would mind um, because I completely resonate with what you're doing to help nonprofits. There is an enormous need, especially with our veterans, our teachers, our, I mean, the list goes on. Um, we use a, a unique approach to help nonprofits raise funding with our company. We, we're a cost reduction firm, and we raise funds and then donate 50% of them back to a nonprofit, either the nonprofit that introduced us or one of our choice. And then we encourage the client to match our donation. So what we're doing is essentially freeing up funds in their budget that didn't exist before that can now be directed toward social good, toward these nonprofit organizations. Um, my question for you is I'm a firm believer that this approach um, is not a one-off. It's not just a model. I believe it could actually be a movement where many for-profit organizations can partner with nonprofit organizations to accomplish more good and help them accomplish their aims. My question for you is, how do you think we can do that? How can we engage this, the for-profit businesses and help them catch this vision? We're approaching it in one way. Are there other ways? Because I do believe there are many, many others out there who could do what we're doing in their own ways, um, adapted to their business, adapted to their service, but in the process, create this synergy between for-profits and non-profits and help them do the important work that they're doing. And we, we need them to be successful. 
we're approaching it through the cost reduction approach here at Certainty Management. But um, what do you think? How, how do we engage others in that in that process? Um, I mean, we we look at workforce development where as we train our students um, that want an alternative uh, outlet for employment, we we go and approach corporations to shadow them in the category in which the, the kid is being trained. So for example, um, we have a, a relationship with lumber liquidators in Shaw and Sherman Williams where we're teaching kids flooring, construction and painting. Um, so from a selfish standpoint, corporate selfish bottom line standpoint, we are saying our kids will be qualified to work for you. Okay. Inside of that, they then engage in the, what I call social impact side of the student. And then we collectively look at how we place this child or the student basically in some form of either as an entrepreneur or owning their own business or as a independent contractor in a space that they're, they're, they're being taught and they're being, you know, and, and then we're paying them $20 an hour as they're being taught. So that's one where you create a pipeline of talent for a corporation that um, I think you, you add the service to what you're doing, but also the, 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 you know, the corporate bottom line is this could be a talent pool that can now be considered for the space that we're in because there's a lot of gaps right now because of the pandemic and they're just gaps in general because um, people are looking at working, you know, kind of differently now. So our, our right. we're selling the fact that, hey, our, our students will be qualified. Well, I think you hit on a really good point, Greg, because um, there has to be a benefit to the for-profits. Right. So often nonprofits are just asking for a handout. They're asking for a donation. They're trying to sell something. But there has to be this reciprocity, right? There has to be a mutual benefit, which you're providing right. in this way. And I think right. if you can, if nonprofits can wrap their head around that, how can we give not just, not just in our, in our core business, you know, serving kids or providing scholarships or whatever, but how can we give a benefit to the businesses we're hoping to support us in return I think they'll find a lot more traction and a lot more synergy. And in the process, I think we can reinvent fundraising. Right. So, yeah. So it, Sorry, it, I, I called you Greg. Sorry, but I meant to say Gary. <laughs> you know, I have many, I have many names. I wasn't sensitive. I, 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 I didn't, you know, I just did. Just call him to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I knew your intention. I knew your intention. Um, but no, you know, it, it, again, it's, we, it's that fine detail of how, like you said, I mean, we're saying you contribute, but we will then qualify them. You know, I think that's a vertical that we need to look at in multiple categories as we look at philanthropic contributions, um, right. either from corporate America or from, you know, individual donors. People just want to know what's the outcome, what's the process, and that's where the transparency comes from. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Frank. Yeah, uh, Patrick, I think you need to exchange Gary. your contact information here with Gary because you guys got a lot more to talk about. Well, if you text the word certainty, just like it sounds, C-E-R-T-A-I-N-T-Y to 26786, 
uh, it'll put you uh, into my funnel and I can uh, send you some information, link to our website and so forth. And we'd love to continue the conversation. Maybe we can yeah, for, on our show well, is Trent, finding certainty as well, Gary. Oh, no problem. For Frank, I'll have tra for transparency because I didn't take any of that down at that moment, but I will get your information from Frank. <laughs> you got it. No problem, Gary. We'll continue. Believe yeah. me, this hour in the morning, we got the fog in the brain, right? Patrick, thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Uh, for calling in. I really appreciate that. Gary, yes. we got a few minutes to go yeah. on the show. Tell my audience out there why in the world they need to get in touch with you. Well, that's a little vain why they need to get in touch with me. But no, more importantly, I would just say they need, if they can just spend some time to think about how they can share their human capital, what their gift is to contribute to what's important to them. Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm the vessel to that, um, but it's just people slowing down and looking at, hey, you know, what's what's my contribution that I can make through the gift that I've been given, really. You have read a lot of Ecclesiastes, haven't you? <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, it's realizing that it's not about us, you know, it's just... Yep. <clears throat> Never it, is, Gary. It, it, all we can do is inspire actions. And so that's kind of where I, I, I believe I, all I can do is be accountable to me and then inspire actions. Well, I can tell you what, I have been so pleased to have you on the show today, Gary. And uh, don't stay a stranger because I think we could probably do some collaborative stuff here in the future. OK, oh, no, I'll come, you know, I'll come see you. We can have lunch. You got it, Gary. Sounds good to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, my listening audience, for tuning into Business Buzz today. If you'd like to be a guest or have a business that needs to elevate your brand and expand your reach, you can reach us toll-free at 877-3-NOWBUZ or go to my live landing page, which is B-I-Z-Z-B-U-Z-Z.live. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be having a star guest next week coming from California Senior Guide. I am the official live talk show host for that magazine, and they're about to send me another star from Hollywood. So I'm not going to tell you who it is. You just need to tune in, all right? The buzz factor of your business is what we seek to increase week in and week out. Tune in next week as we bring more resources and expertise to make your business buzz. Thanks for tuning in Business Watch and Business Buzz with Frank Hellring. We'll be back next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to have you join us again next time for some more terrific ways to revitalize your small business.